And now, live, and by that we mean recorded in advance, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Pluck and Zach Barnes. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Zach Bartles. And Zach, we are uh, in a unique place, man. We're in a place where we tried to record uh, at one time. We are on the uh, the the settee in your uh, in your sunroom, and uh, I I really love this setting for a show. I don't know about yeah. you, but I feel great about it. It's really comfortable the way that my thigh and your thigh are like smashed against each other. Yeah, it, uh, and but, I keep trying to like yeah. kind of instinctively jerk my thigh away. Every as once do I. As do I. Baby, I just want to tell you, don't be offended by that. All right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. Don't, okay. and, and don't you, in turn, be offended by my <laughs> yeah. you know, jerking away of, of your thigh. I'm yeah. wondering, and and maybe maybe we don't want to go here, but like, which which kind of groin muscles are gonna have <laughs> are gonna like give out at, at first? You know, have you ever been like at like a concert next to somebody, yeah. and your leg is touching like some dude, and you don't know him, yeah. and and for like two hours you try to keep your legs, dude, together. yeah, and you're like sore afterwards, yeah, you know? and at some point you're like, I just can't anymore, and it, yeah. yeah, that's that. So yeah, yeah, that'll exactly. be when the episode's done. That's the dynamic we, of the group when we right run there. out of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Power. Yeah, exactly. No, this is a great setting. Um, a, a nice spring day here in uh, in Michigan, meaning that it's really cold and the wind's blowing like 50 miles an hour. But it's sunny and it looks like it should be warm outside. It looks like it could be nice outside, but, theoretically. Which is so why I'm go with that. wearing a t-shirt and then every time I step outside, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Why am I wearing a t-shirt? Exactly. Well, we've got a great episode on, on tap, as always. Uh, got some exciting things in the company to talk about, but... Uh, I want, I want to jump right in, man, because we're doing this, this gig next week. It's the, uh, <laughs> the thing with the thigh just happened because, <laughs> because Hans, booby, this is radio, not television. Never gets old. That never no, gets old. No, it never old. gets old because they couldn't see me jerking my thigh away. So right. I had to explain Indeed. what just happened. Indeed, man. But, uh, but no, Zach and I are speaking, uh, at the Kent County Library District, uh, writers conference next weekend in Grand Rapids. And, uh, we're speaking on this topic of, uh, Indie publishing versus traditional publishing, which is uh, something we do in a very funny and engaging way with our words. And which we are uniquely equipped and, and qualified to speak upon. Yeah, being that we've done books in both uh, both arenas, if you will. And uh, so I want to talk uh, about writing conferences, and I want to talk about some of these comps that we've been to together. And uh, and one comes to mind, man. This was a few years ago. It was kind of a uh, a bigger writing conference. And Zach, tell us about the keynote speaker. Talk about that scenario, because this is going to be a, I think, a practical help to people out there who listen to the podcast and who want to get into publishing. Well, yeah, we we were uh, doing kind of a lesser, you know, second day uh, breakout workshop at this one, I think. And so we were just kind of sitting in the back during the keynote. Yep. And when you and I sit in the back at a talk, often there's a there's kind of a dynamic where we end up. I, I don't know how do you. Laughing How you really say, loud? Como se dice, making fun of everything. Yes, yeah. yes. And that's, and, and I still, I kept my little, like, you know, they give you the folder yeah. that has the, like, bendy tabs to keep the yeah, pages yeah. in place. I kept that not because anything valuable <laughs> was written down via notes, but because yeah. the notes that you and I wrote to each other. <laughs> and I think my wife was sitting between us. Yeah. Like a, like a school teacher does. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work because we kept passing the note over her to each other. Yeah. Uh, and they're very hilarious. But, but the alarm bells came off. In my mind, when during a panel, this yep. this keynote speaker said at least six times that the outfit he worked for was quote a legitimate New York traditional publishing house. Traditional New York publisher. And if you ever have to use the words legitimate and traditional when <laughs> describing your publishing company, 
it may be a red flag that your publishing company is neither legitimate or traditional. Uh, and, and out of that came some of the jokes from Mega, including the idea yeah. that our New York, uh, Chaz's New York business was was actually a, uh, a like a, PO, like box a, a PO box in Altoona, exactly. Uh, but yeah. and, 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 and you know that just kind of goes along with if you feel the need to tell people that you're a quote published author. Yeah, you're probably not. Right. Um, you'd just say you're an author. When people yeah. ask you what you do for a living, Ted, do you tell them you're a published author? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I sometimes I don't even say author. I feel weird about even saying author. Sometimes I just say writer. When you, when you get to twenty five books instead of seventeen, you'll feel legitimate yeah, saying author. Yeah, okay. yeah. I feel like when you hit that twenty five mark, you can say <laughs> author. But so the guy said that a bunch of times, and you know, I could just tell that people were a little bit uncomfortable because there were people from a lot of legit publishers on this panel like actual legitimate publishers yeah and yeah. he kept kind of trying to throw his bags on their their carts so to speak i just made up that kind of idiom no i like so there it, it is throw his bags on their cart <laughs> which is a reference to of course nothing that i can think of in real life. <laughs> i guess when you get to mackinac island and there's like those porters with the i don't know yeah um and so oh, it was a porter reference. It's a, yeah. Right, from a, from a hotel. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm right. I'm envisioning like the big brass thing now and the the thing that you put your suitcase yeah. on and you roll it sort of down the hallway yeah, so to the elevator. He didn't want to he couldn't tip the the bellman so he was trying to throw his it doesn't work. No. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that you tried it. <laughs> and uh and so then he got up for his talk. Okay. And and I recall you one of I wish I should have grabbed I could right now. Pause yeah, it and go could. grab I'm going to. Are you going to? Yeah, Alright. I'm gonna go grab the fish. Wait, actually pause it because we're still no, rolling. Yeah, no, leave it rolling. Okay. You, you... I couldn't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find the thing. It's not that we read some of this stuff out loud and decided yeah. not to use it. It's and decided that, I... that it was horrible and that it would cast us in a bad light. It's and, that I couldn't. And then find decided it. not to use it. Yeah, it's it's absolutely that you couldn't find it. So anyway, let's cut to the the kind of climax, if you will. Uh, the next day, <laughs> I will. Uh, there were meetings with a guy, and, yep. uh, and my wife and I both met with him. And Zach, let's talk about the demographic for a minute of this conference. Okay, I, I would say it was primarily older ladies who, you know, may not have been terribly experienced with publishing, but who had. Like stuff that they that they were working on that they wanted to get published, and they had a, a special dream about you know doing this stuff and going to this conference was one of the ways that they were they were taking they were going to move it ahead. Positive, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. It is awesome until yeah. somebody like this find, somehow winds up at the helm. This guy, man, this freaking guy, who who is kind of like preying upon the dreams of uh, the demographic. He was there a bit of a swindler. He was a, he yeah, I will. Um, so yeah, talk about these meetings, man. Cause you took a meeting with this guy, yeah. did you not? Well, here's the thing. I had an agent. This is, this is a three years ago for you. I don't know whenever it was. Yeah. I had an agent, but I didn't have uh, a contract yet. Right. And so uh, I sat down with a guy mm -hmm. and uh, he says he's an acquisitions editor. He's got his card. It looks all legit. Legitimate New York house. And the name was, it sounded more like a tax firm, but yeah. it seemed like, it was one of those things where you hear the name, it's it's two yeah. last names put together, yeah. and you're like, I think mighty, maybe I've heard of that? Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. Yeah, because they sound legitimate. Right. right. And everyone's, you know, the buzz around is, oh yeah, he's with yeah. such and yeah. such. Yeah. So he says, yeah, you know, this project looks good. He looks at a prop that my wife has and says, yeah. this one looks good too. These both look like something we would want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and let me just tell you how it works. Yep. We are a traditional New York house. Here it comes. That is again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're, but we're doing things in a new, exciting, non-traditional way. Uh, what we do is called, Here it comes. A, we call it a co-pub. Okay. Which I, I assume Ted is short for co-publish. Yeah, co I think it is. Yeah, yeah. 
And and what we do is that's we, a brief for co-publishing. We front a third of the cost to okay. put this scene together: the cost of typesetting and editing and and doing the cover. Yeah. And then you come up with two thirds. Okay. In in the case of both these books, that would be roughly ten thousand dollars. Okay. And which is a that's a a nice chunk of change, man. That's a lot of cashish. <laughs> My wife and I are sitting next to each other because we're doing this this meeting yeah. at the same time, and we start like. Were your thighs touching yeah, at that point? Well, we start like in, ours are intentionally <laughs> slamming our thighs yeah. because I I like to do this thing with my wife where if something yeah. awkward happens or funny or whatever. Yeah. I like I nudge her so much that she gets mad because like she her can't... whole torso moves yeah. and yeah. it's obvious to everyone at the table that she's being nudged exactly. Yeah. So I start doing that immediately. Yeah. And uh, and he says, now listen, I gotta tell you something else. Okay. Because we are a traditional New York house. Here it comes. So we do actually give advances. Okay. And both of us are like, how does that work? We give yeah. you ten thousand. We give you ten thousand. He says the advances are one hundred dollars. Wow. And the reason. Hundy. <laughs> and the reason for that is. Baby, we're gonna be up one hundred by midnight. <laughs> New York. New York. Traditional <laughs> New York. Altoona, yeah. New York. So the uh, reason for that is so that you, when your friends say, you got a publishing contract, did yeah. you get an advance? You can say, yes, can say I got yes. an advance. And then when they say how much, you can tell them, my contract right. won't right. permit me, which is I'm not legit. A, you I'm can't, not at liberty to talk about that. Like you and I can't like say on the air what our advances were for our last actual traditional right, 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 publishing right. projects because that is in the, in the contract. Yeah. Um, so he said, so it's so, so shady. Yeah. And, and then we walked away and he's like, so here, call me. Here's my card again. And we're thinking there's no possible way we're going to call you unless yeah. it's just to like, uh, shame you. Yeah. And, and then we see like the three, you know, 55 year old to 65 year old women waiting to go in and have their meetings with them. Right. And I didn't, but I really wanted to say, don't, don't ever, ever, Sign something that says you are going to pay someone to, to publish, publish your, your work yeah. unless you're going into that as a, as an intentional decision right. to, to enter into the vanity press market. And even yeah. with that, you don't need to pay someone thousands of dollars anymore. You just don't. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a huge red flag. So, uh, if you're in publishing, if you're, if you're a writer, if you're interested in writing, uh, don't ever pay someone up front to, to quote unquote publish your book. And don't uh, ever pay an agent either. I mean, yeah. the, the flow of money goes the other way. Yeah, there's a lot of shady agents out there who say, you know, I, I have a reader's fee or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, to take a look at your manuscript. Don't ever, ever pay that. That that person is not legitimate. Or I can I can shop this around, but first you have to pay my preferred editor to go through it. Exactly. All of those things are are shady as heck. Huge red flags. And, and yeah, that that kind of stuff, it's like, what what is our position, our, our, our responsibility as someone who knows that that's bogus. Right. And, and, and my wife is even more kind of incensed because she actually yeah. works for an actual publisher. Uh, so, I think, so she's hearing this stuff and she's like wanting to get up to the mic before yeah. the, the guy's, uh, you know, big address. Big keynote say, address. FYI, here's my little introduction to the guy. He's yeah. a, he's a complete scam artist. Yeah, exactly. So I think the, the way that we've dealt with that responsibility and maybe you can add to this, is by making fun of this guy at absolutely every opportunity we can think of. <laughs> and maybe even creating an entire persona <laughs> for a character who wrote a business book under our banner, uh, kind of around the ethos of this guy. Would you, would you say that's accurate or are there I, things I've left out? Actually, I think in that book that you're referring to, which you believe is mega, yeah, how to get called noticed mega. all the time. Get noticed all the time for uh, everything, which you should, uh, which you should buy post haste. Doesn't the, the kind of fictional, uh, narrator, uh, memoirist mm -hmm. 
talk Chaz. about having had interactions in a condo with yeah, yeah. this particular guy. He does, man, and because it's a because it's a work of satire. Well, satire. You know, we could we could kind of uh, expand that, open that up a little bit, and talk about what that would look like if these two men uh, were in the same uh, in the same condo together, and what, and what kinds of business things would be talked about. In the the book Mega, I don't know if you remembered that we did this, man. There was a list yeah. of people. There's a whole chapter called mm-hmm. uh, Reasons That God May Be Calling You to Buy My Timeshare in the Suburbs of Orlando. Yeah. Let me just read a little of Chaz's words here to set yeah, the scene here. Yeah. There's this misnomer circulating that timeshare condominiums are a thing of the 1980s. There are people who believe <laughs> that a timeshare is nothing more than a sad little two-bedroom apartment in a no longer relevant Orlando suburb adjacent to a Piggly Wiggly supermarket in an oil change place. With those <laughs> with those detractors, I couldn't disagree more wholeheartedly. My timeshare is two weeks of high-end luxury paradise, which includes a small workout facility, on-site laundry, and a lap pool. There's also a golf course a mere 14 blocks away, a short 90-minute drive, and you're dipping your toes into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> At the end of a long day of golfing, sunbathing, or using the local coffee shop for their internet, it's back home to my colorful floral print sofa, where I pick up the remote and enjoy everything that basic cable has to offer. You may ask yourself, why wouldn't you just get a hotel room in Orlando, near Disney or Universal Studios? Because when you're a sought-after expert in social media and marketing, it's important to have several residences. And owning a timeshare in Orlando for two weeks in July counts as another residence. When you stay in a hotel, you wind up buying nice meals out at many of the upscale eateries that Orlando has to offer. You also have to deal with the awkwardness of having a maid come into your room to clean it and refresh your supplies each day. Who wants to deal with that? Buying my timeshare is just a sound business decision. It also provides you a connection to lots of famous people whom I've advised over the years. Ted, why don't you read this short list of people who have been in Chess's timeshare? Yeah, yeah, this is impressive. Okay. Uh, one, Frank Viola, revolutionary author. Mm. Frank Viola, Minnesota Twins relief pitcher. Not the same man. Not the same, different guy. Frank Turk, though that was surprising to even me. <laughs> the conservative Baldwin brother, whose name escapes me. <laughs> Jack Van Impey, back when we used to work out together. He filmed his eighth member of the European Union theory in my guest room. <laughs> Stephen Furtick. He was going to spontaneously mass-baptize a bunch of people in the condo association's pool, but it wasn't large enough. Nice. Britt Nicole, who sometimes keeps her bike in the condo. <laughs> Dude, as an in reference to uh, a book that you wrote for a, a, a traditional, traditional pub- <laughs> publisher, who, that then they were too scared to publish, which then so we they were going to publish yeah. for a gut check, and then you And were then I got scared. too scared to publish it. <laughs> so it's a reference to something no one will ever get. So basically, I spent a year of my life just writing a, a 60,000-word inside joke for us. <laughs> but we did get to go to that Building 429 concert. That yeah, was nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You get some cool blog posts out of it, man. All right, so just a few other people who have been in Chaz's condo okay. in Orlando. Creed, which is the reason the third couch cushion is severely burned. <laughs> <laughs> we kept this in? I don't, I don't know if we did. Just, Can I say it? Just read it, man. Joyce Meyer, who is also Peter Cetera. <laughs> I think we cut that out. Uh, Good. I, I hope we did. Okay. But it's funny that we that we had that thought. Well, here uh, we go. Next. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Gary Whalen, who was in my living room as a representative of his words, quote, a traditional New York publishing house. He then, quote, acquired 16 of my book ideas and paid me an advance of $12.37, which is all he had in his wallet. <laughs> he then ate all of my cereal. <laughs> 
So just a word to the a word to the wise: if you ever let this guy into your home or your condo in Orlando, don't let him near the cereal. He's a hungry man. Ted, I think you should finish your chapter out here, man. Okay, okay. Uh, to date, none of the books have been published. Couple, a couple more. Uh, Gary Busey, though he was unconscious. <laughs> And John Schlitt, ironically, working for the collection agency he had hired to recoup the $400 from me a decade earlier. That's a reference to something in yeah. the earlier chapter. I gave him the runaround. So, finally, things you can say when you own a timeshare. Quote, I'm going to my place in Florida. Mm, nice. That's impressive. You know, that's a that's a thing that people say. Uh, next, I own multiple homes, mm-hmm. which is true. Again, I mean, it's yeah, fine well, print, kind of true. Own, but yeah, okay. Yeah, own, you know, it's just kind of a soft own, you know. <laughs> And then finally, if you don't wake up in the next 48 hours, I'm calling the cops. That And that was uh, for Busey. For <laughs> um, Busey. <laughs> so there you go. There there may be reasons that the Lord may be calling you to buy Chaz Marriott's condo in Orlando. Still available, so, by the way. Yeah, so give it some thought. He also owns a golf course in East Lansing he wants to sell you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I like how he. I like how Chaz gives Busey an additional 48 hours yeah. to wake up, even after he's become concerned. I don't know that that's correct from a health standpoint. But. <laughs> You know what? We never said Chaz was a doctor. Chaz is a businessman. <laughs> I feel like since we're dropping this this conference on people, yeah, uh, late and it's too late to get in on it because it's already full and there's yeah. a waiting list. Even this is, is the first really? time has there been a waiting list for anything I was involved in. Um, we we do have a thing where you can uh, if you want to talk to us about you know decisions to make in publishing to go yeah. indie to try and uh, get an agent to try and shop something around without an agent. Yeah. Uh, since Ted has put out roughly uh, four thousand books. Um, really, what does it stand at? I just updated your website. It's like Seventeen. Yes, I, I update Ted's website because he doesn't internet. Um, <laughs> I, I think it. Is, I think it was at at more than fifteen for sure because I had yeah. to go to another yeah. row. Uh, and then we've done all these gut check books. Um, so if you want to uh, pick our brains, we do offer that as kind of a, a little side uh, deal. And I wonder if we should offer uh, a little discount for the gut Dude, check. Dude, I army. think we should. Uh... The, the URL is uh, gutcheckpress.com slash consulting, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, and you can read a little bit about the service on there. I just had one of these meetings actually uh, yesterday. Uh, I had one of these meetings. I had uh, uh, a reader uh, who, who was working on a book proposal, and she wanted me to look it over and, and provide some input. And we are happy to do uh, that sort of thing. We do phone consultations. Um, if you want to talk about the, the relative merits of traditional versus indie, uh, we would be thrilled to do that. So gutcheckpress.com slash consulting. And when you drop the email about your project, uh, mention uh, the Gut Check podcast in the subject line and we'll knock uh, 20% off your final tally. Noise. I like that, man. And, and you know, this week we don't have uh, anybody to go to at this point. I feel like kind of there was that lull and we would yeah. go over to Turk or somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. The but interview segment. I really am excited to, to announce, you oh, know. yeah, this is going to be the money. This morning, I dropped a, a couple of, of messages, uh, one via a tweet out to a couple people we want to have on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Graham, uh, author extraordinaire and also like uh, superhero. I'm just going to say that. Uh, yeah. And also fan of the uh, the podcast. Uh, the guy who, when, when he's not, um, like, uh, writing best-selling novels is off, like, rescuing people from the sex trade and this sort of mm. thing. He's, he's gonna be on. I was gonna do that when I wasn't writing my books, but. But then you, yeah. You just didn't. But then yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those things where I, I, I kind of go back and forth between reading the, this guy's updates to, like, 
feel bad about myself because being yeah. a Calvinist, I like to feel bad about what I'm not doing. Oh, totally. And yeah. then reading them to kind of vicariously live through him. Okay. Uh, and let's choose that. Yeah, I guess. Let's choose that or, for the show. Or maybe sometime we should actually go and, and help. There, there could be that. Um, I did buy. He had like a thing where you could buy a bundle of things mm-hmm. and the money. Like this, this guy. I don't. He'll he'll keep like giving all the profits. Another thing that makes me feel bad: all yeah. the profits to his books for like this three months or whatever, all go to this operation. Uh, I think it's called Operation Underground Railroad wow. to to help free. And, and so Dude, that's I, awesome. Truly. I did that tiny little thing. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk to him about that kind of stuff. We want to talk to him about because he has a uh, kind of his own publishing thing. It's called Five Stones Media, mm-hmm. and he's doing some innovative stuff. We'll talk about some of the indie publishing stuff uh, and just about kind of. I don't know. I feel like I want to pick his brain on kind of the Christian men's culture. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's two ends to it. There's the daddy wound crying kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there's the like, you the, don't have to go the up. uber masculine. Yeah. Like you have to whittle a canoe in order to be a man or something. I right? like I like the recurring gag you guys have on the the happy rant about is it like a spear presenting a spear. Dude, people do that though. That's why we have that recurring gag because I, I know people who like, <laughs> you know, the kid turns twelve. Like you're like my son Tristan is twelve, and like I. I I'm made to feel sometimes like I need to buy him like a sword and like like do a big ceremony. That happened in one of those like Christian movies that was made by people who don't really make movies. Yeah. Uh, and and I I feel kind of like I should do something like that too. Like if there's yeah. no if there's no ceremonial handing down of the 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 manhood baton that he's going to wind up weak or untrustworthy or unfaithful or something. Dude, you know what though? But I just feel like the whole manhood thing happens authentically as they grow up and as you're in relationships with your boys and as they have to like confront things and deal with things in their own life. And I'm to, to give him like a sword that he can't play with that he has to like, you know, <laughs> hang over his bed to sort of remind him that he's a man. I don't know. It just feels kind of convoluted. Having the sword above the bed seems like it would just remind him of his own mortality, but yeah, it remind him of the fact that like it's, it's going to fall down once and you know, it's going to be a trip to the ER, you know? So are you suggesting Ted that, that uh, we don't need this kind of new and contrived thing because for the h- entire history of mankind, yeah, pe- boys have become men without I, it. <laughs> you know what? In 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 a way, yes, that's what I'm suggesting by by nature of the fact that I make fun of it uh, whenever I, I get the opportunity, <laughs> which apparently has been often on the happy rant. Yeah, yeah, that's a funny. Yeah. That's a funny little. Uh, you know, it's, little it, gets, it gets dumped into other conversations yeah, here yeah, and there. Yeah. I, I also want to mention that. Uh, uh, I, I had said, I hoped Cliff Graham actually listened to our podcast regularly. Yeah. Confirmed now from him that he does. Okay. And then get this. He gave me his cell number. Okay. And then you know what I did? I realized I had enough famous authors' cell numbers. Really? That on my Palm Pilot. Okay. I still use a Palm Pilot. Yeah, of course you do, baby. I created, right here. I created a category in my contacts called Dude. famous authors. Dude, on the old tungsten. The old tungsten 73, man. T3. Tungsten T3. T3. Oh, I look like a 7 for me. You don't know palms. How embarrassing for you. Yeah, yeah. How silly of me. (laughs) No, I'm super stoked about having Cliff on the show, man. And, and baby, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of intrigued by this list of famous authors you have. Who's the most famous, who's the most famous author's number you got on your, uh, on your palm there? And I'm gonna, it's gonna have to be Ted Clark. Oh, that's the right answer. You know, I've got, uh, I kind of set you up for that and myself. Colleen Coble. Okay. And uh, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got a bunch uh, because I, I got plugged in by uh, this awesome publicist at Thomas Nelson uh, named Katie Bond. Okay. Uh, before I had any books out. Okay. She got me hooked up with a, a suspense writers group. Okay. That had like Terry Blackstock and 
and Danny Petrie and all these people who are like putting out books and have been for years. Yeah. And and this group promotes each other. Uh-huh. And uh then I met up with them in in St. Louis and so I've I've uh, I've got a little got a little thing growing there of of people that I that that one day probably won't return my calls cuz I won't be successful enough. So Yeah, yeah, of course. That'll be a <laughs> that'll be a great day, man. And then you'll call me, and I will return your call. Oh man, see that 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 clinches it. You're at the top of the list, right? Man. So Ted, you you are a big author, and and you know we were just talking about uh, how it's hard for you even to go to to Walmart's, not a Walmart there, dude. It's hard for me to go there because of how depressing it is. But... To, to Walmart's, yeah. Do you, do you ever notice that that like people sometimes people they, they pluralize it. Certain kind of person tends yeah. to like throw the the apostrophe s on the end of everything. Yeah, that's true. Right, right. Uh, but it's hard for you even to go there, even beyond the fact that it's one of the more depressing places in the world. Yeah. Simply because you you can't get out of your your car without being recognized. Yeah. Quick story, man. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I was at I was at Walmart because we uh, we have one nearby our our house, and I try to not go there because of how depressing it is. Um, <laughs> But I was sick. I had to. I had to kind of, you know, in Michigan in the springtime, it's this crazy thing where one day it could be like four degrees, and then the next day it's seventy four degrees, mm-hmm. and you know your body is just like it can't handle it, right? So I had the, I had the early spring Michigan cold, and uh, and I was just looking and feeling awful, man. I look like death warmed over. You know, the eyes are all roomy, and you know, you, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they're all just kind of wet and roomy. <laughs> and I was I don't even know what that means. Yeah, like okay. like R H E U M Y. Oh, yeah, all yeah. right. All R-H-E-U-M-Y. right. I got like, you. Roomy. I got yeah. you. I was I wasn't thinking no, in okay. English terms. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. Silly you for that. But uh so I go to Walmart and I'm wearing sweatpants, which I never do. I never wear sweats in public unless I'm like going to the gym or or coming from the gym, but I felt so bad like I couldn't even, you know, muster the energy to put on a pair of jeans. So I go into Walmart, I buy like, you know, whatever I'm, I'm there to get, and I'm carrying it out to the parking lot, Zach. And, uh, and I put the bags on top of my, my car to fish around in my pocket for the keys, and I, I look over and I see two people in a minivan, a uh, man and a woman, and they're staring very intently at me. Alright? In, in kind of a weird way, but... You know, that happens to me at Walmart all the time, too, but it's just because creepy people in vans hang That's out what there. I was thinking, and I thought, you know what, it's Walmart, like, weird stuff happens here all the time, so no big, <laughs> right? So then, you know, I'm putting the stuff in my car, and they get out together, and they and they start to walk toward me. Uh-oh. Yeah. And uh, and they said, hey, are you Ted Cluck? And, and you're thinking, before they say that, you're like, I'm, I'm not feeling well enough to physically defend myself against this car. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to wind up in that van. They look pretty tough. I'm going to wind up in that van with, like, a... <laughs> Like a ball gag uh, or something. I, I was just going to say that, and then I, I thought the better of it, and then you said oh, I, I That's okay. I don't think better of things like that. <laughs> I just I just say them. So they come towards me, and they go, hey, are you Ted Cluck? And, uh, and Wait I a say, minute, Ted. Did they have that aren't you Ted Cluck look in their eyes? They, they did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh, I love it. So they came toward me. They had that look in their eye. They said, aren't you Ted Cluck? And I said, uh, I said, who wants to know? <laughs> All right. And, uh, it and seems it, like kind of an old timey, like who goes there kind of thing. Yeah, to say. yeah. It seemed kind of old timey, but at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, I'm sick. And if, if you're just like parents of a classmate of, of, you know, one of my kids, then I'm going to keep it really short. Oh, of, okay. I got gotcha. you. If know. they're fans, you'll make the time. Yeah, right. But, uh, but no, then they, they proceeded to say that they were fans of my books and, uh, and we had a nice conversation and, uh, and it made me feel good. But they, they apologized profusely then for, uh, you know, for holding me up and, and for keeping me there. But then I said, no way. This is a great story, and uh, and I can't wait to 
go home and tell my lady that uh, nice, yeah, that I'm Walmart famous. Walmart, Walmart famous. Is that going to be the name of your memoir when you finally write like it the is. definitive? It is. Yeah, yeah. The definitive. Ted Clock, Walmart famous. Next non-selling memoir that I write. Let me ask you this, though. D- did you yeah. take the opportunity to connect with the fans about both the Gut Check Army and uh, the Rapture book, that, which, which actually launched? I did, actually. I know that I mentioned Re-Raptured, which is our new uh, Rapture satire, which if you're a fan of the program and you listen often, you know that that's available for five ninety nine on Kindle. And you also know that uh, that, that book, Zach, uh, spent some time on... Uh, on some Amazon bestseller list, did it not? Yeah, well, not at the top, but but on, floating though. around yeah, in there. On. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's still doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't picked it up, uh, just just go and get that for your Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can still read it on your smartphone or whatever. Uh, and eventually, we're gonna come out with it on a, in a paperback. Just if for no other reason, so Ted and I can put it on our shelves. Exactly for that reason, in fact. Now I'm gonna brag a little bit, Zach, while you're looking for what you're looking for, Zach's. Uh, thumbing through the manuscript at the moment to look for exactly the right thing to read dramatically. But uh, I'm going to brag, and I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it. Now, this may sound kind of arrogant, but uh, the book got up to number 23 on the Amazon.com uh, religious humor category, right? Now, and that sounds impressive, maybe, <laughs> until you remember that the first book we came out with got up to number 2. Right, on the Amazon.com right. religious humor uh, category. So I just want to let you know, though, that when you've been to those kind of heights and you've experienced that kind of success, I mean, it can change you. Um, I, I feel like I was walking a little taller when the book was at number 23 on the on the religious humor. Or list. were you drinking a bull strength? With, <laughs> <laughs> which, for those of you who don't know, it's it's an actual it's a beverage. Uh, for for bodybuilding and, and kind yeah, of just for yeah. for overall health and vitality and, and, and it's it's yeah. just veterinarian grade bull semen is what it is. <laughs> uh, right. Chaz Marriott spent some time as a spokesman for for bull strength. That was his first uh, his first marketing gig was for bull strength. He was in college and he wound up growing uh, several inches that he semester. Did. Yeah, uh, in he height. did. Yeah, yeah, bull strength is the best, which led him to feel better than people who were shorter than him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Baby, have you found uh, yeah, the, yeah. the perfect passage here for a little reading? All right, so here, here's where we are. And and this is uh, when Carol Ann, whose marriage has been arranged to okay. a guy named Tad. Of course it has. Uh, you had her driving off. Yeah. Fleeing. Fleeing. Uh, and, and here's what happens. Okay. Uh, Carol Ann stops for gas about 10 minutes after leaving the Townsend Commune. Uh, the Townsend Commune is in uh, New Nebraska slash Catan. Catan, Catan. Catan, Nebraska. Catan, right? Nebraska. Okay. Um, she still has half a tank, more than enough to make it to Denver, but having never driven before, she's not 100% sure how to read the gauge. She also doesn't have a clue how to get to Denver. The HVAC schematic is safely tucked inside her small black clutch, but she had assumed Uncle Reggie's car would contain a GPS, or at least a paper map of the region, to guide her through the first leg of the journey. She was wrong. And so she pulls into the first service station she sees, intent on fueling up quickly, getting directions, and hitting the road again before anyone can stop her. But there is no one behind the counter of the sparse, depressingly rural gas station. Oh, man. A variety of impulse items, including buffalo jerky, freeze-dried bait, and some embarrassing (laughs) pills, hang from wire hooks against... Bull strength, probably. They carry bull strength there, I think. (laughs) I do believe that was what it was, yeah. (laughs) Hang from wire hooks against a plain pegboard backdrop. A hand-lettered sign says, Smiled Purdy... Your, spelled incorrectly, being recorded. <laughs> she pokes around on the counter for a bell or buzzer to summon the help. Finding none, she calls out, Hello? Back here, comes a deep masculine voice from around a corner. Following the voice, 
Carolan makes your way down a narrow hall, past the unisex bathroom, and into a cramped office. In the center of the little room, a man sits in a booth, hunched over a table, his back to her, a wisp of smoke rising steadily from the man up toward the ceiling. It mm. smells like cinnamon. <laughs> Come sit down, he says. Carol Ann steps trepidatiously toward the booth, her eyes adjusting to the dim light. She gasps upon seeing the man's face. Tad? <laughs> Tad grins. His perfect teeth gleam. Gone is the nervous young prep with the bouncing knee and bead of sweat. Tad <laughs> is at ease here. He he's takes in his an, element. He takes yeah. another puff on the old briar pipe and lets it out playfully. Everything he's wearing is Carhartt. Everything. Everything. I bought an old briar pipe today in honor of that. <laughs> nice. Vaping, he says mysteriously. <laughs> huh? I'm vaping. This isn't a traditional pipe. I rigged it up from an e-cigarette. All by myself. It's an e-pipe. Cool, huh? He smiles a squinty little smile that he probably saw on a cologne ad or something. Uh, that's really... Do you like the booth? Tad asks, interrupting. He gestures at the red vinyl seats and chipped laminate table, like a model on a game show, presenting a million-dollar showcase. Um, I guess? Carol Ann replies. It used to be part of a van, Tad says, <laughs> arching an eyebrow suggestively. A van? That's right. We had this van in the 80s. Actually, I wasn't alive yet in the 80s, but it was an 80s van, I think. <laughs> when I was a kid. And it had curtains and everything, like a house. And this cool booth. I always loved this booth. So when I... <laughs> so when I bought my own small business... I'm a small business owner. I had the booth pulled out of the van and put here in the president's office. He tugs again at his pipe and looks at her knowingly. Totally ruined the van, he says seductively. Oh, which, tad, man. incidentally, a, is my favorite he's line. He's a gangster of love. This is my favorite line that I wrote, and you yeah. didn't find funny, and it kind of crushed me a little well, bit. I, I didn't find it funny. The fact that he seductively said that it ruined the van. Yeah. I, I laughed so hard when I wrote that, and then I, I read it to you, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> like you did like the like the, the El Trogi laugh, like when, when I, I, I did the happy rant laugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go. Carol Ann says, taking a step back. You must need gas, though, Tad says, rising to his feet. Why else would you stop here? Not really, I was just... She takes another step back. I doubt you were looking for me, he shrugs. Other stuff that relates to earlier in the story. Uh, he's trying to win her over. He says this. Did you know I can shoot an apple off a raccoon's head at 1,600 feet with a bow and arrow? I won the... He's a homeschool kid. He's a good archer. I won the Christian Survivalist Homeschool (laughs) Archery Invitational three years in a row. (laughs) Carol Ann realizes that not only has her slow retreat ceased, but she has now taken two steps back into the room. That's impressive. She feels a little flushed. Where are you headed, he asks, as if the question were merely small talk and not, in a very real way, tied to how he will spend the rest of his life. Mm. I just needed some air, you know. Things are moving a little faster than I thought they would. Tad breathes an exaggerated sigh of relief. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I've been thinking the same thing. I mean, we don't even know each other. Exactly, Carol Ann realizes she's smiling despite herself. This is what I was waiting to get to. Okay. Tad (laughs) pushes his finger into the bowl of the pipe as if extinguishing a flame and just barely makes a sound (laughs) in his mouth. I'm just going to stop there. All right, perfect. Folks, that is re-raptured, and uh, it's available for five ninety nine on Amazon.com. You should go buy it post-haste, and you should also uh, visit GutCheckPress.com if you haven't already done so, and join the GutCheck Army. Now, uh, our army, uh, which is kind of our collection of uh, of diehard readers and fans, uh, has grown, man, exponentially. I yeah, mean, it's, it's just it's raining uh, new enlistees to the GutCheck <laughs> Army, and uh, and we're enjoying that very much. That's been awesome. 
Um, but there, there's been kind of a slow, uh, a slow response to the fan sponsorship concept, has there not? I think it maybe it is because we tell people to physically send us things. Yeah. But then we, but then we don't tell them where to physically send them. That might yes, be part of the Yes, that's right. Flaw. That's part of the problem. And so if you have things to physically send us, and again, <laughs> this is the, <laughs> this is the call for junk from your house and, uh, specifically, 90s or 80s or 90s action DVDs. 80s uh, or 90s jerseys? 80s or 90s jerseys, football jerseys. What about hockey jerseys? Do you no, want no, those? no, no, football. Just football. <laughs> yeah, very discriminating. Okay. And, uh, and, and old electronics, right? So yeah, yeah. antiquated electronics would work too. So if you have any of that to send, uh, to, to gut check so that you can get yourself onto the program for two to five minutes, depending on how funny you are, um, send an email to info at gutcheckpress.com. Info at getcheckpress.com. And if you have uh, purchased and read uh, Re-Raptured, we know you loved it. So tell the world that you loved it by leaving a review on Amazon. Uh, not it, just any review. We're not interested in objectivity, really, right, here. Right, Or anything uh, constructive or, right. or critical. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. If you're wondering how many stars to click, the answer is five. The answer is five. The answer is always five. Five stars. Uh, and, and honestly, Ted, you know, yeah. in, in, in my traditional... Publishing. Yeah. I'm very careful never to like respond to. In fact, I felt weird about even when we read the one star reviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what though? KK loved that. My lady loved that. That was. It she was thought fun. that was a great. We, we should, we should do, that do that again. again. Yeah. Um, but uh, with gut check books, I'm I'm totally not above. Yeah. Just like getting down in there and being like, why didn't you like this? Yeah. Or, or why yeah. did you Why did you leave a one star review for my smoking book when you admit that you didn't and never would read it? Dude, that is the that's the worst thing ever, man. The, the thing is, though, with that one, if they would have read it, yeah. they would have found that we already re- pre-wrote their one-star reviews and we saved did. them time. Yeah, it was in the appendix, so if they had just flipped to the back of the book... They, they could have just, copied and pasted They could have copied and pasted. Oh, well, you know, people waste their own their own efforts at their own peril, That's yeah, what I do. say. They do. And, and what a word of wisdom to end on. Amen. Uh, yeah. This has been the Gut Check Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Visit gutcheckpress.com and tune in next time. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York Good.